It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, March 18th, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. A Coast Guard rescue team from Air Station Sitka medevaced a man with a broken leg last week. Coast Guard watchstanders received a call from Alaska State Troopers around 9.30 on Friday morning, asking them to assist with the rescue operation in Cannery Cove on the southeast side of Admiralty Island. The patient was a 69-year-old man who fell while hiking near his home. Lieutenant Jonathan Orthman is a Jayhawk pilot for Air Station Sitka. He says good weather made the 42-mile trip take around 25 minutes. We got all set to to fly out. The weather was actually really good for Sitka area um, for this time of year. So we were able to go right over Baranoff Island, straight over uh, almost direct line to the location that the state troopers have given, given us. Orthman says when they arrived, they couldn't find a good place to land, so they hovered above the house, which was located on a hilltop in a heavily wooded area. The patient's spouse had a VHF radio and was able to communicate with the helicopter crew directly. They lowered a rescue swimmer and a crew member with advanced medical training to help prepare the patient for transport. It took them quite a while to get the patient uh, kind of comfortable and set up. It was kind of a tight area, so it was close to the home, so we were you know, doing our best. We have a very, very big helicopter, makes a lot of wind, um, and we don't want to damage any property uh, when we come in. Orthman says they moved the patient to a nearby picnic table, then hoisted the rescuers and the patient one at a time. The man was then transported to Sitka for medical care. Orthman says five crew members participated in the rescue. The municipality of Skagway hired a private catamaran on Tuesday to replace this week's canceled state ferry sailing between Juneau, Haines, and Skagway. As KHNS's Mike Swayze reports, the Matanuska is docked in Juneau until further notice due to mechanical issues. On Monday afternoon, word of the Alaska Marine Highway vessel, the Matanuska, in its mechanical failure began to stream into Skagway Mayor Andrew Kramata's office. The Matanuska, the only vessel in the Alaska Marine Highway's beleaguered fleet that is currently offering service to the Upper Lynn Canal, was able to limp into Juneau on Tuesday. AMHS is flying a team of specialists from Louisiana into Juneau to attempt a Wednesday morning repair. With only one ferry per week offering service to residents of Skagway and Haines, a major break in service would put many spring break travel plans in jeopardy. Mayor Cremata said it was a team effort involving the city manager and vice mayor to charter a boat owned by Allen Marine to ferry residents between Haines, Skagway, and Juneau. We all agreed that um, the nature of this situation and the fact that people probably have plans to fly south uh, missing flights right now can create a huge burden on people. So we all agreed that the risk of having it cost more than what we take in on the revenues was a risk worth taking. The Allen Marine catamaran comes at a cost of $900 per hour. With an approximate seven-hour round trip to Skagway, plus a stop in Haines, the municipality could be on the hook for nearly $8,000. Mayor Cremata, however, believes that ticket sales between both communities should cover the cost of sailing. We're pretty confident that we're going to be able to recoup the money so it doesn't cost taxpayers anything. In the event that the Matanuska is unable to be repaired quickly without other fleet vessels in service at this time, Cremata said it may be necessary to charter more boat trips in the future. If it was a long term, yes. Um, again, we'd have to go through this process kind of on a week-by-week -week basis to ascertain demand 
and they only have one boat in the water, uh, Allen Marine. So, you know, Haynes may also have a, a, you know, a greater need. But yeah, I mean, you know, we're always willing to do this. This isn't the first time Skagway and Haynes have had to rely on Allen Marine. Both of the last two winters saw scholastic sports travel and resident travel impacted by the lack of reliable state ferry service. The Alaska Marine Highway System did not respond to questions about the Matanuska by broadcast time. It is unclear what the mechanical issues are or whether they have a backup plan if the ship is not repairable. The Leconte is scheduled to be added back into the fleet on April 16th, giving Skagway and Haines two ferries that week, three the following weeks in April, and eventually going to four sailings in May through the rest of the summer. Reporting from Skagway, I'm Mike Swayze. The Matanuska is the only vessel scheduled to service Sitka through September of 2021. According to a service update on the AMHS website, the Matanuska was scheduled to make a trial run this Wednesday and will resume service on Monday if no further issues arise. A documentary film about the impacts of logging on southeast Alaska's Prince of Wales Island, called Understory, is starting to make its way through film festivals. As KFSK's Angela Denning reports, the film features a resident of the small Prince of Wales community of Point Baker. We are literally standing in one of the largest carbon reserves in the world. That's Elsa Sebastian, the narrator and co-producer of Understory. In the film, she sails her boat with a few friends around Prince of Wales into backpacks into the forest. Sebastian says she isn't anti-logging, but she doesn't like industrial clear-cutting. This winter, she's been apprenticing in Sitka, learning how to repurpose old-growth timber into furniture. As a local person, the way I see it is that we're not just stripping the land of biological abundance when we clear-cut it. We're also removing our reserve of really valuable timber, really valuable trees that could be used carefully and locally forever. Sebastian grew up on POW in a home without running water or electricity. She commercial fished with her parents. The forest was part of her identity. As an adult, she started to investigate logging happening in her backyard. Industrial-scale logging began on the island in the 1950s and expanded in the second half of the last century. Now, the island supports the region's only remaining mid-sized sawmill, where some of the trees cut are still processed. Sebastian shifted from power trolling in southeast to gillnetting in Bristol Bay to spend more time on what she calls ground truthing, or studying the land by personal observation. It's basically going to the land to see for yourself if what you've been told is true. The film was also prompted by the exemption of the Tongass National Forest from a nationwide rule prohibiting new logging in undeveloped areas. Sebastian recruited a few other women to sail around the island with her, visiting those places. Natalie Dawson is a wildlife biologist who has studied mammals in the Tongass for 20 years. She backpacked through the forest, trapping them. Months backpacking on Prince of Wales and QU and Admiralty, Dawson was interested in seeing POW from the water, from the outside, looking in. I'm used to being nose, literally nose down in the lichen and the moss <laughs> and the down trees. And uh, that kind of allowed me the perspective of pulling back and seeing the island as a whole place. Also joining them was Mara Menahan, a wildlife artist who specializes in painting plants. 
The trio had traveled together a few years earlier, spending a month bushwhacking through areas of POW. Sebastian says at times it felt like they were just animals navigating through very difficult terrain. When you're, you know, carrying a heavy backpack and you come up to the edge of an old clear cut and you realize you're going to have to crawl through it, it's really challenging and it like shifts your opinion about what that clear cut means. This trip by sailboat included two people filming. It was Sebastian's first time venturing into advocating for the Tongas in a professional way, but she thought the message was important. She says a lot of people think you can cut the big trees down and little ones will replace them. That logic makes sense in a way, but it's not true. I mean, we've tried to move through a 70-year-old clear cut and felt like we were going to break our legs the entire time. It's like, it's pretty scary to walk through old clear cuts, whether you're a human or a black bear or a deer. From her observations, Dawson believes logging impacts mammals on the Tongass. But she says funding for scientific research is so limited, it's hard to quantify it. For Sebastian, she says she didn't really get what industrial logging was until she spent a few months walking in the woods. I've been fishing off of Prince of Wales for my entire life. I grew up on a fishing boat, and we we used to fish down by Craig. And when you look at the land, I mean... There's different shades of green, but it all looks green. You know, an old clear cut that's been growing back for 50 years, it looks green from the water. But when you get into that forest, it doesn't feel alive. The film Understory also touches on other themes, the federal subsidies to keep logging going and the carbon sink the forest provides to combat climate change. It also features Marina Anderson with the organized village of Cassan talking about her tribe's history of logging on the island. Funders for the film include Patagonia, the Wilderness Society, Audubon, Alaska, Peak Design, and Sitka Salmon Shares. The coronavirus pandemic has complicated local screenings of the film. Sebastian says they'll come up with a plan, even if it's an outdoor showing of it. In the meantime, it's getting shown at film festivals throughout the country. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. We have a correction to a story about kelp farming that we aired on Wednesday morning. The Seagrove Kelp Farm is 100 acres, not 41. Taking a look at the community calendar, AMSI conducts a stability awareness for commercial fishermen class today from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Ensera, 1308 Sawmill Creek Road. The cost for the class is $100 for commercial fishermen and $175 for all others. This class meets the U.S. Coast Guard training requirements for drill conductors on commercial fishing vessels. Register online at amc.org or call 747-3287. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. 